Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 102. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how you doing tonight? Oh, I spent a very frustrating day at work. It was crazy. It's just bureaucracy and it's full effect where I had to call. I had to get a form. That's all I had to do was get a form and I ended up calling six people and on the seventh person after that I called, they sent me back to my director who sent me back to the first person I called. I literally did full circle looking for a form and could not find it. It was the worst day possible. That sounds like literally my worst nightmare. We're just a chain <laughs> of phone calls leading you in circles. Yeah, I'm all out on yeah. that. Yeah, it was not a whole lot of fun whatsoever. So, yeah, good times. Hey. Sorry, What buddy. about you? What's going on with you? Uh, big day at the O'Leary household. Big day. So okay. the dog, Casey Pupgrace, finally got her vaccinations and everything 100% cleared. So she was good to go. Experienced the grass for the first time today. And she did not want to go inside. And anytime we would take her inside, <laughs> she'd run right back to the back door and scratch at the door to be let outside. So she'd go sniff some oh, more. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it's been a very busy and hectic day over here, but big step in the doggo's life. Nice. Big step getting outside being safe for the first time outside that's good yes so not a candidate for rabies we're happy about that <laughs> yay excellent so it's 102 uh like uh piper suggested so shout out to piper and and, and your kids uh who uh listen uh they suggested that instead of just going for a number so we usually take the, the number on the back of a player uh who obviously will never wear 102 so what we're doing is taking a pick from 02 and I'm going to go with Franz Nielsen. That's what I'd go with, too, from that tra- draft class. Yeah. Third round pick, 87th overall. So far, 836 games in the NHL, 458 points. Mm, amazing. A very good New York Islander. Who's going to be a weird Franz this year? We don't have some like veteran European who just does everything. Uh, Kunakel? Yuck. I guess. I don't know. It's That's not. off the top of my head, but... Yeah. 
We don't. We don't have that center who they can use in every situation. No, they don't. And it's just wildly consistent. Yeah, that's definitely going to be missed with uh, no, well, the original Franz Nielsen, but that's been for a while now, or (laughs) Valtteri Filippula. Yeah, so no weird Franz this year. No, but that's a good addition. Gotta love Franz Nielsen. So we we, uh, showed him some love at the beginning here. Uh, Let's get into it, Mitch. We have a few things that we can get to. I know it's been pretty quiet this past week in Islanders land, but this story that we're going to start with, I thoroughly enjoyed. So Oliver Wallstrom, as we know, is at the Junior Showcase right now. And he had a goal in their first scrimmage game or set up a goal. Did he have a goal or set up a goal? I believe he set one up. Yes. So no, he banged it home. It was I remember now. It was on the it, pow- it was on the power play, a shot from the point, and of then course. he was able to uh be in good position and put it back in. I remember it as I talked through it. That was bad. Uh, <laughs> good. So he is that's where he is right now. But this summer what he's been doing is he went over to Sweden to train and to get build his endurance. News came out that he dropped 13 pounds and his body fat went from about 10% to 6%. So wow. Oliver Wallstrom's in the best shape of his life. Yep. Talk about the gains, bro. Like, that's insane. Or the loss, bro, I suppose. Well, it's, it's just fit, right? It's just fit, yeah, because he's down to like 200 pounds. I don't remember how tall he is off the top of my head. Maybe six feet. Yeah, I don't know either. Would be my guess. I don't remember. But, I mean, that's pretty solid at 200 pounds, and you know that he's quick. So that's pretty good stuff out of Oliver Wallstrom being, again, in the best shape of his life at this point. So he's 6'1". Well, this is on the NHL.com website. He's rated as 6'1", not rated, but measured at 6'1", and 205 in terms of weight. Um, So obviously that was probably his draft weight, I would say. Right. I think he got up to about like 213 and then dropped right back down to like 200 or something that, that he was saying. But Yeah, that's what he says here, that he was up to 213 when he went to Sweden. He came back at 200. Yeah, I mean, that's good stuff for him to be able to lose that weight over there. And it's a little bit different. He talked about that in the Arthur Staple article, or I guess Staple talked about it, but they just really are focusing on building that endurance and... That's big for going to be big for him this year, even if he doesn't play at the NHL level, because at the NCAA level, he, they only played 36 games. So he's going to be playing, hopefully, knock on wood, if he doesn't get hurt, an additional 40 more games. So more than double <laughs> the amount of games that he just did last year. It's a long season. It's a physical game. So him building up his stamina, I love it. I absolutely love it. So, like, then that's the thing, right? Like, not only is he going to be play 40 games, but he's going to play big minutes on that team, right? He's going to be probably top, maybe second line on, on the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. So, he's going to be playing, lugging a lot of minutes night in, night out, like you said, 76 times this year, if not, the, if they don't go to the playoffs, uh, instead of the 36 he did last year. That's going to be a huge toll on him. And he said he just got quicker. So that's also going to be an advantage for him. Not only is he going to have the conditioning to stay out there longer, but his his pace got quick or improved. Uh, and that's a huge thing going into the NHL that is faster. Yeah, that's right. 
So, like, everything seems to be adding up for him to have a good year. And obviously, it's just like he cut weight. Uh, he got a little bit faster, and he's playing more hockey. That's the only thing I'm basing myself off of right now, and he's an incredibly skilled player. But I'm using those first three factors to insinuate that that skill will be able to flourish in Bridgeport. Yeah, I certainly think so. And, I mean, he flashed that last year in a small 10-game sample size. He had seven points, which is great, obviously. But I think he's going to be able to really put on display his talent. I know he had a down year last year in college and he didn't perform how you probably would have liked. I think the way early expectation was like Wallstrom was a guy who could probably be in the NHL by year two. And that doesn't seem like it's going to be the case at this point. So I, I think he's going to have a solid year in the AHL to start. Obviously maybe he gets called up later on. And for, for me, it's all about putting yourself in the best physical position to succeed, and that's exactly what he's doing right now. Absolutely. Uh, to add to that, so we talked about this before, and we insinuated it because we didn't know it was true or not, but we, we figured that him playing in Bridgeport was more to his liking because he's playing hockey day in, day out. Right? Bodie Wilde said the same thing. Uh, he didn't want to play NCAA, be- and, and that's why he went to the CHL, because he wanted to play more, he wanted to get more reps, and that would be better. And we, we figured that the same thing was true with Wallstrom because, like you said, it, in Boston College, he didn't have a good season. But 19 points in 36 games. And then as soon as he went to Bridgeport, boom, 0.7 point per game pace. Seven points over 10 games between the regular season and the playoffs. And just today, speaking to Adam Kimmelman, is it Adam? Adam Kimmelman from NHL.com. He's the NHL.com deputy managing editor. He says, he being Wallstrom, I found myself when I went up and played with Bridgeport. I started to find my game more. I like the hockey. It's smarter guys are awesome guys who took me in. When I got to Bridgeport, I felt like myself again. The pro style is awesome. So much fun. College is not for everybody. I had to sit Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and do school and not play any games. That's tough on the body and the mind. Boom. There it is. There you have it. I mean, he came out and said it himself. Like it's not even insinuated. It is factually laid out that he it, college was not for him. He wants to be completely immersed in the, in, in this world of hockey, mm-hmm. and that brings out the best of him. And now he cut weight so he can do it even more efficiently. Oh man! Like it, uh, there's no way he doesn't, or there should be no way he doesn't hit a point seven points per game pace at the AHL level this year. Yeah, I certainly think he he, he does that. I, there's no reason not to. He showed it again in, it was only 10 games, but he showed it in the limited time we saw him there last year. And he looks wise like he's going to have a bounce back year. Again, we'll see what happens once he gets onto the ice, but all signs are pointing at him being a very, very solid player in Bridgeport. And let's face it, he's going to have a big role in that team. Like you said, he's going to play top six minutes, whether it's the first line or the second line. And he could be potentially playing with Kiefer Bellows, who... Maybe a future line mate in a couple of years at the NHL level. So it'd be good for them to start building chemistry now. Yeah, well, 100% to build chemistry with him. Otto Koivula, same thing. Probably going to be the centerman there. Uh, that's going to be huge for them in terms of their development as a unit. Uh, and that's great for the team going forward as well. Uh, I just want to pull up their power play numbers for Bridgeport. Sure. Bridgeport had a 17.2%. Uh, power play, which ranked, I'm just trying to bring up the league numbers, uh, not very good. 24th in the AHL. Apple don't fall far from the tree, I see. <laughs> no, it seems. 
you add a guy like Wallstrom, who you said earlier, can he can shoot it, and he can shoot it on the power play. He knows where to find himself. Uh, you put that on the power play, it should hit you at 20%. And, it, and at the AHL level, at 20%, you're looking at top 10, at least last year. Yeah. And that's so, all we really ask for both squads, really, that 20%. Yeah, average. And even that average at the AHL level is like an 18%. But that's going to help them uh, in, in men- immeasurably. Uh, so, and, and I can't wait to see that at the NHL level. But I think he's going to have himself one heck of a time playing in the AHL this year. You would think so. You really would. And playing every day, and that will keep him in shape. But I- I'm curious to see if there's an extra gear in his game, as they say. But... I think the goals are going to come, and they're going to come quickly. So I'm pretty excited about that. Does this change um, any sort of NHL projection you had for uh, Oliver Wallstrom? Like we both talked about the fact that he's probably going to play in the AHL. So I don't imagine so, no. but I just I want to see if it's changed at all. Yeah, it, it really hasn't, to be honest with you. I think that he goes into camp and. The only way I think he makes the team is if he puts up like stupid numbers in training camp. Like he could have a good camp and they'd be like happy with it and still send him to the AHL. But I think it would have to be like something crazy for him to stay here. Yeah, I agree. I it doesn't it doesn't move the needle at all. Um, and yeah, it's, that training camp is going to have to be monstrous for him to do anything. So no. Okay, so with that, what we're going to do next is move into the regression, progression, regression, progression. There we go. That sounds a little better Uh, part of the show. And for this, so the reason why I brought this up initially was because an article came out this past week from The Athletic, and it was the top 10 regression candidates for 2019-2020. And coming in at number 10 was the New York Islanders as a whole. <laughs> All other nine items. Well, four players that either played or, or that are currently or were on the Islanders. True. So uh, a big chunk there. And obviously, uh, Leo Komarov was one of them. Casey Sezikis was another one of them. You had Leonard. You had Filipula. And then... Uh, I think Komarov. Did you already I say think Komarov? I said Komarov already, yeah. Okay. I think it was just a four. So, yeah, Sezikis, Komarov, Leonard, uh, maybe Grice? Yeah, Grice too, probably. Let me just bring it up. Uh, it was Ian, Tulak, Athletic. You think we'd have this ready? God, we were unprepared. <laughs> uh, Tulak, top 10 regression candidates. Number one was Andrew Shaw, by the way. Uh, let me scroll down here. It's really long. This is a really long piece. Uh, so he's got four. The Islanders, yes, there's Leonard, Grice, Philpola, Komarov, Sezik. So five guys. Okay. Which, they, on the face of it, he's not wrong. Right? Like, when you look at that, they're all regression bound. Although, like, when you think of Komarov, you're going, really? He can go down farther? But all right. Uh, like, Leonard put up a 930 save percentage. He can't keep that up. No. Grice had a 927 save percentage. There's no way he keeps that up. Even if he goes to 920, though, like, that's great. And then Philpla, who's like a billion years old, and Komarov, who's a billion and a half years old. <laughs> it's going to fall off eventually. But then you get to Casey Zizekas, who, yes, had a 15% shooting percentage at even strength and scored 20 goals. And you don't expect him to do that again. But when you look at his numbers... 
he can he could get better. He could be better this year. In terms of goals or just overall? All overall. So when you, when you say regression, like it sucks because he he can't write uh, top ten regression candidates in one specific you know category. But that's what he did with the Islanders. Oh, you know, they're going to regress because he's going to score less goals. Okay, well he could probably put up more assists. He only had thirteen last year in cases Zika's. Uh, and when you think of that, he's gonna probably he's gonna pay, play more offensive hockey. He had a sixty six point eight percent defensive zone starts last year. That's going to probably go up based off of who he plays with this year. You'd have to think he's going to be the third line center based off of the organizational depth chart down the middle. Probably. Just looking at it now. Like yeah. We said that last year with, with Kovar, right? We are like, Kovar is going to be number two center. Well, that they, didn't, they never had that in mind. Um, but I, I would just I would tend to think that they see more out of Sezikis based off what they showed this year, and they're going to try to get more out of him now. That would be the smart play. It, yeah, it would. Def- definitely. Um, so I think the, the goalies is the easy one where you could say, okay, regression there because expecting Grace, we'll talk about Grace because he's on the one on the team, to put up a 927 I think is a little bit crazy. Um, I don't think like a 920 though is crazy. No, a 920 is not crazy, especially in this system, right? We've seen it before where... Well, we've seen it last year with both of those goalies where they weren't playing outstanding hockey individually. Like Leonard wasn't making these incredible saves night after night. He made a number of incredible saves, but it's it, it just solid positional hockey that what is what led him to uh, that 930 save percentage. And the same thing with Thomas Grice. Uh, yes, they, they pulled out some stops. They did what they needed to do as any goalie does. Uh, so I could see that system playing in Varlamov and Grice's hands again next year. Not to the same effect, but to a good effect. Right, and Grice also put up a 920 before Mitch Korn and Piero Greco in his first year with the Islanders. Yeah, exactly. And Simeon Varlamov put up big numbers. Uh, you know, he almost won a hard trophy. I think he finished fourth in hard trophy voting in, I'm going to say, 13-14. If not, uh, it was 15-16. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's 13-14. No, like the guy knows how to goal. He's 30, so he's not the same guy anymore. But you give him that right, that proper system and that proper uh, support around him, both on the ice and off the ice. Maybe that 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 could be successful again. Yeah, he did finish fourth in heart and second in Vesna in 2013-2014. That year, he had a 927 and a 241 goals against average. So wild, absolutely wild. Um, yeah. So who else outside of the goalies do you think is a regression candidate? Just just to regress. Um, other guys who weren't mentioned. So I agree with the Komarov one. Yeah, I agree to an extent with the Sezikis one. I th- just because goals wise, I think like if he puts up thirteen goals this year, I think you're okay with that. And right. Um, so yes, technically that is a regression. I'm going to go with Johnny Boychuk. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, just age being a big factor and health being another factor because he actually played a real solid chunk of games for the Islanders this year. We know that he has never ever in his entire career played a full 82 game season, but he played 74, which yep. That's the highest total he's ever played for the Islanders. 
I think that number's probably going to drop to the 50s this year. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Like, I hope not. But yeah, that makes sense to me. Like, I would probably say to the 60s, but like, man, it's it's hard to to say with Johnny Boychuk because who knows, right? He's getting up there in age um, for the NHL, of course. Uh, It's just getting harder. I, I even saw an Arthur Staples depth chart. He has him scratched. Yeah, because he has a spot for Noah Dobson. So uh, I don't know if they, I don't think they're going to scratch his $6 million cap it. I really don't think so. If, if Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, and it's not like Arthur Staple has any inside information. He does usually, but in this regard, I, I don't think so. No. I don't think he's wrong. Like if they're going to move anyone on the right side, it's going to be Boychuk. Uh, but. It's it's hard to see with how Lou likes to validate contracts that he's going to have a six million dollar man sit. Yeah, I do. I just don't think so. And they like the veterans too. And yes, he's a little bit older than the rest of the veterans that they usually tend to favor. But um, I, I think they're going to find a way for him to be in the lineup. But I definitely see Boychuk as a regression. He had a solid year, nineteen points in seventy four games. That's pretty solid, and he. I don't know. I just thought he was good in his lesser role. He wasn't playing 20 minutes a night anymore, but he played 1850, and he was pretty good last year. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I'm going with Cal Clutterbuck. Okay. Uh, first off, like he was shooting at already a low percentage with 4.23. Um, he put up 15 points at 5-on-5. Five five. I think he had 23 over the year, did he not? I'm just trying to bring up uh, his numbers here, but I'm, my internet is slow. I believe so. Here, give me a sec. Let's see. Total points I want to bring up here. Uh, he also had three points on the power play, three goals on the power play, and I don't think that keeps up, mainly because I don't think they trot him out there for, uh, wait for it, 93 power play minutes. Oh, yeah, that's pretty gross. I, I don't like 10th on the team in power play. Sorry, no, that's not true. Um Ninth on the team in power play time. I, I don't think that keeps up. I really don't. I think they find other options because, first off, only three goals. Oof, and that's all he did. He's got no points, no assists. Nope. He's the only one with any more than 50 minutes of a power play time who doesn't have any assists. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So, you know, sure enough, Anthony Bilvelli only has one. Woof. Well, he's not an assist guy to begin with. We know that. Well, he only has one goal. <laughs> Okay, that's not good either. That's <laughs> <laughs> not good. Um, but but regardless, we're talking about regression, not progression. Hint, hint. Um, I think Cal Clutterbuck goes down mainly because he doesn't get the power play time. Uh, he's not going to get Casey Zika's time, even if he's healthy. I don't think he gets Casey Zika's time. Um, I, I think that they they shift Zika's up, but who who knows really? Uh, in, in my world, they they would, and uh, that's a prime regression candidate in Cal Clutterbuck. Yeah, I'm I'm there with you. Um, I'm just looking over the roster now and seeing if I have anyone else who I think is going to regress. I I don't have anybody else. Do you? No, it's really hard to see. Like, you know, Andrew Ladd could certainly go downhill. He could go uphill though. Like, it was already pretty low last year. Uh, I don't see others going down. Although it's entirely possible. Like, who knows what's going to happen with Josh Bailey? Uh, who knows with Anthony Bovillia? Although it's hard for him to go down from there. Uh, I, I picture him going up, though. I tend to agree with you there. Before we get into progression, how about yep. uh, stay the same category? Okay. 
I have one that jumps out to me right away. Sure. And that's Brock Nelson. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. 56 points, right? Like uh, 53 uh, and 25 53. goals. I don't think it goes much higher than that. Like, I don't think Brock Nelson's going to be like a 60-point player this year. But I think he, you're going to look at like probably in the low 50s in points for Brock. So like 50 to 55 type of thing. Yeah, in that range, I would say. Yeah, I can see that for sure. He's going to get the same type of deployment. Uh, his line mates are going to be practically the same. Uh, there's no reason to think he's going to be better, uh, although that would be amazing. Uh, I To see him get worse, yeah, it's possible, but the whole team would have to do worse. Like, the old team did worse last year, and he did better. So maybe maybe the whole team does better, and he does worse. I'd be surprised. <laughs> I know. It would be great, not for Brock, but for the rest of us. Oh, sure. But yeah, that's I, I don't see him getting worse. Mainly because, again, his teammates are going to be the same. His deployment, his usage, everything's going to stay the same. So all, all the variables seem intact. And the, the system's going to be the same. Why, why would it change? Did you have anyone in mind? As a stay-put candidate? Yeah. I didn't think of that. So I'm going to say probably Jordan. No, not Jordan. Eberle. He's going to get better. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's probably going to be uh, like a second line player, so Brock Nelson or Josh Bailey, one of those Bailey, two guys. Bailey was my next one. I, I don't see them getting better. I don't see them getting worse. Just kind of you know tread water as to where they were. Uh, maybe Bovillia, but God, I really I really think he gets better this year. No, I, I think Bailey is right back in that fifty-five to sixty-point range, which is very fair value for someone making five million dollars per year. Yeah, absolutely. So okay, so who's your your progression candidate? Who gets better? Um, I have a lot of guys coming to mind, but you can I, pick two. Let's just say that I'm going to start with Matt Barzell. Okay, yeah, good call. Uh, he had 62 points this past year, 18 goals. I think he eclipses the 20 goal mark this year. Maybe pushes close to 25, but I don't think he goes over 25. And I think we're going to see him eclipse the 70 point mark. I want to say better than that. Okay. Like his power play numbers were not great last year. Right? Like they they weren't terribly far from where he did in year 1 with 22 points or 22 assists and, and 5 goals. Uh but he had he had 3 goals last year uh, with 15 points. So 18 overall compared to 28. I think he he adds a few more there and that's where he starts making up that difference where he can hit the 75 maybe get back to almost close to a point per game. Because you, you have to figure that that Barry Trotz is going to say, we need more offense. We need you guys, Barzal specifically, to produce more offense, and we're going to put you in a situation where you can do that. Yeah. So with that obviously comes, I would also agree with Anders Lee putting up more, Jordan Eberle putting up more, not a ton more, but more. But more, yeah. Uh, and Anthony Bovillia for sure. Like it, it can't get worse. It, it really can't. Yeah, for me, uh, Beauvillier was the next one. If I had to pick two, it would be Barzal and Beauvillier. Yeah, like 28 points last year, that was terrible, and he knows it. He, if he doesn't, there's some serious problems with him. Well, if you had a five-point window for Anthony Beauvillier, what are you picking? 35-40. Okay, I'm, going, I'm still 30-35. to 35. Okay, so we're, we're close. Um, 
I, I don't see him doing more. Like I, I can see him getting back to that 36 points that he did two years ago, mm-hmm. uh, especially considering, again, he's probably going to play with Brock Nelson, who had a good year. Uh, he's going to feel the pressure. I really hope they sign him to a one-year deal to m- increase that pressure because uh, it seems that when the, when he, when the pressure's on, he performs. Right. Uh, right, like he always performs in Montreal where the pressure's at, at its peak. Yeah. Um. So I, I would really like for that for Beauvillier. I would ultimately like for him to be as comfortable as possible and not have any pressure at all. But it seems that he performs under pressure. So let's get him that. Okay. So if my two choices are Barzal and Beauvillier, who would your two be? My two are going to be Pulak and Beauvillier. I know I didn't mention Pulak, but I'm busting him out there. Okay. Because we talked about it the other day with the whole the other day last week with um, Jacob Truba, and th- this power play just needs to be competent. And Ryan Pulak can put up Jacob Truba numbers. That, that with that meaning fifty points in a season, he could absolutely do that. Like he put up thirty seven last year, and he had nine points on the power play. Yeah, you got to think that goes up this year. That definitely goes up. His five-on-five five numbers are going to go up again because, like I said, they're going to focus on not more, like not focus on getting offense, but try to get more offense out of this roster. Uh, that might come at the, the sacrifice of defense, but they know they might be able to bleed twenty-five goals over the course of the year uh, and, and still and put up twenty-five more goals on their end and be okay. That's right. I think, like you said, I think they're going to focus a little bit more on offense. Not saying they're ditching their system or anything like that, but just trying to produce a little bit more offense and not worrying as much on the defensive side. That's right. I, I completely agree. And with that, Ryan Pulak as a number one D is going to benefit from that. He, he plays, what did he play last year? Like 22 minutes on average? Yes. Tw- where, where the hell is I'm it? trying to bring it up right now. 22-22. Yeah, so almost 23 minutes on average every night. He's going to benefit from that. And again, he put up 37 last year. In a full season, he's never put up less than 32 points, albeit that sample size is only two years. There's one more guy, and I know you said two, but I think you're going to allow for this exception, Mitch. Okie doke. Devontae's. Oh, yes. I couldn't believe you didn't say him, but Ah, he was on pace for, I believe, 37 points or 36 points over a full season. He had 18 and 48, so I'll do that right now. 18 and 48. 82 is... No, 31. I was off. 31 points. That's all right. That That's a Ryan Pulak year, right? Ryan Pulak in his first year, 68 games, I believe, he played and put up 32 points. I think yes. you could look at Taze putting up 40 this year. You could, absolutely. And again, it comes back to that power play. And we're putting a lot of uh, of pressure on that power play to perform, but it can't get any worse than what it was. Uh, and I know we're, we're, we're uh, putting the crown or we're, we're dubbing Jim Hillier as the savior before he's ever even done anything, uh, but it, it can't get any worse than a 14.5% efficiency that they had last year. It just can't. No. So yeah, I could absolutely see Devin Tays, who runs the first power play, runs. He he runs point on the first power play. Uh, I add, add some more points. He only had what four points on the power play last year, a goal and three assists. That's those are rookie go numbers. That's going up. You know, ten, twelve uh, power play points for sure next year. And so if we're adding eight points to this total, we're already at twenty six, and we're not even talking about five on five yet. That's a good point. 
And that's only 48 games, too. That's true. That's true. So I definitely expect a big increase there from Devontae. So ultimately, I think we're leaning more towards that there's going to be more progression candidates than anything else, right? Yeah, um, that's very optimistic of us, especially considering when you look at the roster and it has not improved from last year and that roster did not do well offensively either. So it, it's I'm going to say that we, we we're trending optimist when we might have to be trending pessimist. And maybe it's just because we're trying not to be like it's so down on before the season even starts. That's right. Uh, this next topic, Mitch, that we can get into, it's actually kind of fitting that we're talking about it today because today, as we're recording right now on Wednesday, was the Major League Baseball trade deadline. So a lot okay. of trades were going on. And I know we're going off track for a second, but it'll come back. I promise. <laughs> so well, I know what, the, what the, the topic is, but yeah, go for it. So... There was rumors of the Mets and Yankees discussing a trade for Zach Wheeler, but as we know now, that nothing went through, which then can circle back to this point. Why can't rivals trade with each other? And that also transitions to hockey in the Islanders and the Rangers, because I wrote something this week that could potentially help both sides. But for some reason, it seems like that in any sport, Crosstown rivals don't trade. Why? Uh, yeah. Why can't we be friends? Why can't because we hate each other? Uh, this really well, that was a terrible song. I was making it up on the fly, so you're welcome. Because uh, they hate each other. That that's really the reason. I think it's a dumb reason. Uh, we've seen the Ottawa Senators trade with uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. They don't seem to have a problem. Uh, wasn't there another trade? Right. The Calgary Flames and Edmonton Oilers, they hate each other. They darn done did a trade. Well, well it, the Devils and Rangers traded at the deadline a couple of years ago with Grabner. That's true. You know, that that's not a huge piece, but it, it, it they have to be in opposing uh, directions, right? And and that's why we're not going to see it now because the Rangers is trying to get to the Ascension and the the Islanders are trying to tread water. Um, but last year, it made all sort of sense, or two years ago even, it made all sort of sense when they were looking for a defenseman and McDonough was available. You're going, there's a need. Uh, there, there, there's the fill. I'm glad they didn't. But, you know, that could have been a trade. And no, it was, no, nope, we can't go to the Islanders because screw you guys. Well, for what? What does that give you? Yeah, that's a good point. Although he did end up going to Tampa. So, you know, if you have the option between going to the Islanders with Gar Snow's in charge to the Tampa Bay Lightning with Steve Eiserman, you take the latter. No, you do, and and you're right. Um, it appears that they're going to buy out Shattenkirk, which will save them money against the cap this year. But as it stands right now, they are over the cap by, what, four? Some f- yeah. A couple of million dollars? I believe it's four and change. Yes, uh, but they have, they have LTIR space, right? So they're they're at eight. Eighty-five million, eighty-five point six million dollars. The cap, I believe, is eighty-one point five. Is it not? Eighty-one point five, correct. Yeah. So they're over by what four point one million dollars. They have projected LTIR, LTIR use of four point one. So because they could put, um, where is the LTIR? They don't have anybody on the LTIR. That's what I don't get here. Oh right, okay. They're saying what they could use if yeah. they had it. They could use that because they're over by that amount. Right. That makes more sense. 
Um, they should just say whatever they're over the cap by, but all right, fine. Um, and so they're gonna they're gonna buy him out, and I think they save how much this year? They save five point one six six million dollars, so bringing them under the cap ceiling by you know some change. By yeah, a little bit of change. Uh, that cap hit s- goes up to six million dollars next year. By the way, yeah, it's not gonna be fun. <laughs> but they still have to sign uh, Anthony D'Angelo and Brandon Lemieux, no? Yes, they okay. do. Uh, but I don't. I don't think that's going to cost them a whole lot. Like Brendan Lemieux, while played well for them, you know, and he, they got him from Winnipeg. You know, he got six points in nineteen games. That's an all right return. Um, but you're not going to sign him for a ton of money. His last deal, uh, the AAV was one point oh three nine. So, but that's still that's still basically all the cap space they have, and we haven't even talked about D'Angelo. Right. And the reason why I wrote this was because. I thought it'd be beneficial if they moved Chris Kreider to get underneath the cap, the Rangers. Yes. And what the Islanders could offer them is a second round pick, which they could potentially be losing. The Rangers might not have theirs. It's a condition. If Adam Fox plays at least 30 games in the 2019-2020 season, the third round pick that they sent to Carolina gets upgraded to a second round there. You got to think that Adam Fox plays 30 games this year. Yes. So that means you're most likely losing a second round pick. So you're getting that pick back. And then maybe you throw a prospect like Sebastian Ajo, who could probably fit on that left side right now in the on that third pair. Sure. For one year of Chris Kreider for the Islanders. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Uh, and again, they, they do have to sign D'Angelo. So they got to make up quite a bit of space, right? Like he put up 30 points last year. Yeah, in sixty games, so you got to think. You know, he could probably put up forty points theoretically. He was on pace for that, so like that's not going to be cheap. They can maybe get him on a team friendly deal, but it's not going to cost them just a million dollars. No, it's going to be a couple of million, which is going to put them right back over. So they still need to clear some some space. They're not yeah. done. I, I look, I look at Nemestikov, right? Like I know you brought up Kreider, and that, that's fine. Uh, Kreider has a modified no trade clause, so I would imagine he probably vetoes the Islanders. Just as he doesn't want to be that guy that that turns into a turncoat or something, um, but Nemestikov put up uh, what is it, thirty-one points last year, forty-eight the year before that. Like, there's something there in this guy. There's there's something there, and if he's going to be playing top six minutes on the right side, because he is a right. Oh no, he shoots left, but he plays on the right, so that should be fine. He, he could play any of the three forward positions realistically. Yeah. So you got flexibility. What coach doesn't like that? I'd rather Kreider. Okay, fair enough. All right, I I would not because I don't want to have to injure other goalies, but that's fine. Okay, that that's fine. <laughs> fair enough. Point being, yes. If the main point that I wrote it because I wrote this thing pretty much with just insert different players' names for the last two or three years, right? The trade embargo is stupid. If there's something yes. that you can do to improve your team, it shouldn't really matter who you're trading with. So just do whatever's best for your team and not worry about helping out a crosstown rival. Right, because you're helping them out for how long? Like We talked about Nemestikov and Kreider. They're on one-year deals. Mm-hmm. And like it's not to say that these guys are going to make our turning us into contenders. They, they, they can help us, but we help them by clearing up space where they don't have to like forfeit whatever it is, whatever. I think they have to cancel a number of games or something ridiculous if they're over the cap. Um, they'll find a way to do this uh, to get under the cap. Right. Uh, but yeah, like, 
you got to think you can get under the cap. You get a guy away for a year and they're both UFAs come the end of it. So who says they don't come crawling back anyways? Yeah. Right. And then you get you get the cast base, you get the player back and you're all good. And you theoretically weakened an opponent or a, a divisional rival next season. To do what? Like the rebuild is in year two, is it not? Is this not year two of the rebuild? Yeah. Maybe year so. three. Uh, you're still projected to, to do well, even if you don't have Nemestikov or Kreider. Like you can still do well without those guys. You still have Capo Caco coming in. Philip Chittle is going to have another year. Um, like that's going to be a good team. Jacob Truba running the show on the back end. I think like, that should still be a good team. Anderson will be better this year too. He True. was only 19 last year. Yeah, Leah Anderson is right. Uh, so, like, I, I'm fine with this team uh, with losing Chris Kreider, uh, Vladislav Nemesnikov, except I just feel bad for Butchie having to say that name all day. <laughs> that, yeah, I don't think he'd be able <laughs> to get It's not going to go well. Nemesnikov. Um, okay, so I just wanted but, to get that out. That's all. Yes, the ultimate point, you're absolutely right. Like, logistically speaking, you have a team who can give you something to help, and you have something to help them, and you're not doing it because of reasons? Because I hate that guy. Screw him. For what? I just don't like him because he's the other team. Because one of their players 40 years ago, you know, hit our, our guy and we blame him for injuring him. Get over yourselves. And they play in the same state as us too. So right. can't, can't help them out. No, can't do that. Can't do that. That would be stupid, of course. All right. Want to get into the social stuff? Sure. Let's do that. Okay. What do you have for us this evening, Mitch? Okay, so we just talked about uh, Shattenkirk, so I'm going to bring it up again. Sure. Uh, there's some people on Twitter uh, who said that maybe we could look at Kreider, at, at Kreider, at Shattenkirk, no. at adding Shattenkirk. No. In what world is that true? And I, I don't want to like name names. I'm not here to like air my grievances. I just want to bring it up as a talking point because I think it's something fun to talk about. In what world would we go after Kevin Shattenkirk? Our defense was the best last year. In wh- how is he good going to improve this team? Because last I checked, he wasn't any good, which is why they're buying him out. And w- you have two young prospects on the right side who are knocking on the door of being NHL ready. Yes. Why would you bring him in? For what? For what? Now that He's is... a veteran presence that could probably put up 40 points. Great. Awesome. Nick Letty. got guys. Yeah, Nick Letty. <laughs> Devin Tays, we just talked about, could put up 40 points. He had 18 last year. Like, I'd rather deal with the, the devil I know than the devil I don't. Not and yet. I don't know what he can do. You're right. I'm I'm right there with you. I don't think it's a good idea. This was two years ago, or last year even. Yeah. But not now. Let some, I don't know, the Edmonton Oilers pay him $4 million for like three years. Let them do that. They need that. We don't need that. No. We need top six forward and top six forward only. Agree. Yes. I'm all wow. in on that. Perfect. That's okay. one of the things I had. I got one. It's not exactly Islanders related, but I okay. think you'll still enjoy it. So, today, like I mentioned just a few minutes ago, today was trade deadline day for Major League Baseball. So what I did and what a lot of other people were doing was just refreshing their Twitter feed. So my question to you, top three days of the year for Twitter for you. Like, what days is where you're like, this is the best invention ever? Okay. Uh, 
they're all going to be sports related because that's yes. really the only thing I use Twitter for. Um, first is going to be uh, free agency for uh, hockey for the NHL free agency, uh, and then it's going to be the transfer window, the, the deadline day for soccer for European soccer. Uh, I think it's end of August and then the um, oh, end of January. That's it because it's it's wild. The deals that happen and it's all day because it's European, so it starts later and it goes all the way to the end of day. So like by four p.m. it's still rolling. It's okay, great. that that's what I'm just refreshing the whole time. So that's three right there. Perfect. I'm gonna guess yours. Sure. I'm gonna guess uh, training camps opening for the NFL, Major League Baseball deadline, which is always moving, and I never understand when the actual deadline is. Uh, and then hockey free agency or trade deadline. I'm gonna go. You're close. Okay. NFL free. Not exactly for me for the NFL free agents. I do thoroughly enjoy reading all like the updates from practice, like the live tweets from practice, but that's not like one specific day, so I'm not going to pick that. I am going to pick NHL free agency, MLB trade deadline, and then for NFL, I'm going day one of free agency opening when all the uh, contracts are being signed. Really? Okay. Those are my three favorite times for hmm. Twitter. Well, that's fair. Uh, I don't really care for NFL whatsoever. I don't know. That's not... I know how to play the sport. I don't really enjoy watching it whatsoever. That's fine to have a wrong opinion. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so <laughs> choppy. Just start and stop. I'd rather just play the game. That's why I don't like watching golf either. It's just so boring. Oh. You didn't just compare the NFL to golf. That is... Terrible. What I'm the line I'm trying to draw is my enjoyment of watching that sport, and I don't like watching golf, and I don't like watching football. Okay, I'll give you that. I guess so. That's that's where I'm at with that. All right. Did you have another one? Uh, Last thing I wanted to bring up is just the uh, the Islanders are hiring. So for all you uh, graphic designers out there, the Islanders are hiring a a senior graphics designer. Uh, This was posted on July 22nd, and I'm surprised it's still open. Uh, but it seems to still be open. Uh, if you're looking to get in there, do it. Get in there to be a well, senior graphics designer. Uh, they're looking for a senior graphics designer with strong conceptual capabilities who's prepared to take their ideas all the way through to final delivery over print and digital. And uh, they never hired me to do this. I'm just doing it because I want I, I want someone capable in that position. It's not to say that the people weren't there before, but I hate the fact of knowing that this team has any sort of gap at any part of the organization, and I want us to fill those holes and staff this team with the best possible candidates so this franchise takes off. So we have excellence from the bottom all the way to the top. Please, if you are a graphics designer and you're interested and you got some skills with a Z because you're hip, um, get in on that. Did you see that they're looking for a hype team? (laughs) <laughs> I did see that. Why didn't you apply? Did, well, did you see my recommendations? I, I didn't yet. Okay. So I'll go through them on the podcast if you didn't read for those who haven't read them yet. So I had three recommendations for what can make the fan experience at games better. Okay. Yep. Number one, have you ever seen what the Atlanta Braves do at their stadium? Beat the freeze? Not. Oh, yes. Yes, I've seen that. What? Is it so it's a guy. The, the guy yeah. starts running from like the 
what is it the warning track along the the the, the, the end of the the ballpark and you have to catch him or he has to catch you he has to exactly so this is my version of it okay so you can you pick a fan hopefully some out of shape schmuck like me and you <laughs> who can't really skate too well and you gotta do uh from one goal line to the other and back and the other person can start when you reach the second blue line. So the process is that, like, wow. you have some guy in, like, a blue and orange, like, I don't know, what a bodysuit thing, whatever you call it. And they get it there on skates. They're, like, Apollo Ono ready of skating ability, and they just end up absolutely smoking you in the end. That's, right. That's what we're hoping for. You've done your first length, and then you realize you're out of gas, so you get to the face-off circle, and you're going, you know what, I could still do this, and then he's right behind you. Exactly. Yes, that's... That would be phenomenal for entertainment. <laughs> entertainment. That, that's they would have one. to like put what is it padding on on the boards, right on on the back end of the boards, because people are going to biff it and they're going to slide right into the boards. Concussion City, USA. You are probably right with that one, <laughs> uh, but I'm not done. Okay, number right. number two is a revival. Ooh. So they used to do this at the Coliseum. I only remember it a few times so i don't know if I, like i'm imagining this but i'm almost positive that happened i'm pretty sure it's a raffle i don't remember the exact name of what it was but you could essentially buy this little, little like foam puck thing and the goal was to throw your puck onto the ice and whoever's puck got closest to center ice they won the money of the raffle wow so seeing all they'd like give a countdown on the score but like okay now three two one and you just see like thousands of foam pucks flying through the air onto the ice electric factory i want that back and i need it now fair enough yep that sounds fun okay what's the next one third one oh god what the heck was the third one i just come on no 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 give me a second give me a second we just rick did... perry no we just did the oh man you're gonna make me pull it up now yeah well what of course i will no i know but what the... oh, i'm mad at myself that i can't remember it off the top of my head it's oh i rick remember perry moment uh, i remember okay you know how in it's mostly baseball, but so for example, the Red Sox they yeah. sing "Sweet Caroline" after okay. the eighth inning. Um, in the seventh inning, they do take me out to the ball game for the seventh inning stretch in like every yeah. stadium. Um, we're gonna have our own sing along, and it's gonna <laughs> be in the first stoppage of the third period. And it's going to be very Long Island. It's going to be Billy Joel's oh, Piano Man. I knew it. I was going to guess it. Dang it. I wish I had guessed it. And those are my three recommendations for making the fan experience at the game better. What are we yeah. thinking? Hire yeah, me now? I, I love all of them. Why not do all of those things? I would definitely hire you. Thank you. There you go. Like, If you have a better suggestion out there, please, please lay it on us. And I'm sure there are not better, but good suggestions. Um, but yeah, like the experience is fine as it is, but it could also be increased instead of just like, hey, let's dance. Yay. Yay. Everybody get your hands. Let's see some kids dancing. Like everyone does that. It's fine. You need more kits. You need more gimmicks. Need, yes. Gimmicks. Thank you. Needs more of that. Uh, it's gimmicky. That's the whole point, And that gets people in. Exactly. I love it. Um. So definitely a good shout out by you for talking about the Islanders hiring. So if you're interested in getting involved with the Islanders and working in sports, absolutely go and do that. I had one more for you, Mitch, that we haven't Ooh. talked about yet. Okay. Belmont Park. Oh, yes. That was the one I was going to bring up and I forgot. Yes. Yes. Go for it. So it appears we have a shovel in ground 
date. Well, not exactly date, but sometime after Labor Day is when it's going to get going, which that'll be here before we know it. Yeah, Labor Day is what, September 2nd? Uh, I believe so. I believe or it's... it's third or whatever? It's I think right it's, around it's, that time. Yeah, anyways, it's right around that time. That's when John Ledecky, speaking to season ticket holders at Offside Tavern, um, indicated that they would put a ceremonial groundbreaking. Uh, it's possible that construction begins before that. They're saying within the next two weeks, they can start actually putting real shovels in the ground. Which is awesome, by the way. It's amazing. So the plan is to be ready for 2021, 2022, right? Yes. Yes. So that's two more seasons of split games between the Coliseum and Barclay Center. This year and next year. Wow. Yeah. That would be amazing if that happens. I think that's ideal. Uh, That's it on the social segment, Mitch. You got anything else? That's all I've got right now. I haven't okay. seen anyone say anything crazy on tw- on Facebook or Twitter yet. <laughs> okay, so what we're going to do is we are going to get some plugs, and then we'll get on out of here. So wherever you are listening to this, please make sure to subscribe so you know when new episodes come out. Give it a thumbs up, like, and all that fun stuff. Leave a review if you really liked it. That'll really help us out. So we appreciate all the love and support from each and every one of you. You can also follow along with us on social media, at Twitter, at Eyes on Isles FS. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. Follow for extra content there. You could like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You can also download our app, which is available for iPhone or Android. And you can get push notifications on your phone anytime an article is posted. And as always, you can visit the website, eyesonisles.com, for all your New York Islanders needs. Almost forgot, Mitch, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. Patreon. So if you are interested in additional content, if you're listening to this and say, oh boy, where can I get me some more Matt and Mitch? We have something for you. Don't you worry. Patreon.com slash eyes and aisles. You head over there. Five bucks a month gets you post game shows during the regular season and it gets you a weekly mailbag as well. But as of right now, there are no games going on, as you know. So we are doing other kinds of podcasts like we talked about some RFAs, what we think they're going to be worth. Um, we talked about the power play this week. Uh, what else did we talk about this Andrews week? Andrews Lee, could he hit 40 goals? Yeah, so different stuff like that. Things we can't get into as in-depth on the regular show because there's so much other stuff to talk about. So we go kind of very in-depth on one specific topic. So if you're interested in that, head on over to patreon.com slash eyes on aisles and make sure you subscribe. Perfect. You didn't, you didn't miss a thing. There we go. We got that all out of the way. Episode 102 is done. Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, I am Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.